The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. And yes, indeed, I am the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot. Great to have you on board this uh this latest episode of the TWBC podcast, and I'm here at uh, Matt Reaney's uh, Water Ski School, just off South Orange Avenue in uh, uh, Orlando, in Central Florida, and a uh, very special guest uh, that I found uh, uh, jumping away just a few minutes ago. It is uh, none other than Great Britain's Joel Poland. How are you doing, sir? Pretty good. Pretty good, Tony. Can't complain. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm pre- pretty good myself. Now, obviously, uh, good a jumper you are, the, uh, the, the thing that we most know you for is for your uh, all-round abilities out there on the water, slalom, trick, and jump. Uh, up until maybe a few, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you, you still are, uh, actually, the, technically the world overall record holder. Uh, and I think Dorian Llewellyn just had his uh, passed a few days ago. Is that correct? Yep, Doran is now the record holder, so I'm going to have to try and claim that back sometime soon. But you get to be in the Guinness Book of World Records, don't you? I am in a book for now, I think, I hope. Okay, yeah, but uh, that'll be update. Uh, Dorian's uh, performance will be updated in, in time for the, uh, for the 2022 edition. So what was that like? I mean, I mean you put a lot of effort into, in, into skiing for that world overall record, and then, you've got some, then, then Dorian Llewellyn comes along and uh, sets his own mark. Uh, what went through your mind when that news came through? Well, I saw it coming. First tournament of the year that he skied, I, I knew that the score that I put down wasn't going to be enough to hold him off. So uh, I could see it coming straight away from the start of the year. I knew he was going to do it at some point. Honestly, the timing of it was probably perfect because it was right when I was trying to get back into skiing after having a jump injury. And it really motivated me to get going again. So uh, it's... It's been a bit of a blessing, I think. All right, then. So uh, you mentioned a jump injury right there. I didn't know too much about that. Uh, t- tell, tell us kind of what happened there. I went too hard. Uh, <laughs> I went a bit too hard, took a real nice out the front, and uh, just busted up my ankle and my foot a little bit. Not too bad, nothing to worry about, but had to take it easy for a little while and then regain that confidence where I couldn't jump for quite a while. It took me a while to kind of find my balls. <laughs> Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, that's very, very succinct and uh, somewhat accurate. So, uh, uh, World Championships, just around the corner, member of Team GB. And uh, this has been, I would say, the first time in a long time that that Team GB coming into this event actually has a really, really good chance of placing it placing themselves up in the top echelons in the team competition. You know, uh, I mean... How do you feel about that? I'm pretty excited, honestly. I mean, we're all going to have to ski our socks off if we want a really good chance of winning. And, you know, we all want a good chance of winning. But um, 
I was sitting down a few weeks ago, or no, it's about a month ago now, and I'm looking at our team and I'm going, we actually have a pretty good shot here and I'm getting pretty excited for it. And that's just been like a little bit extra motivation for me to really push my skiing to give us that better chance for the team. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what we're going to do. All right, then. So what, what, is, what does a typical day consist for you? I mean, I mean, naturally, you're training almost exclusively here at Matt Reaney's Ski School uh, uh, in Orlando. So kind of give us an overview of what the typical day for Joel Poland consists of. Yep. So the normal day, I think we wake up around 6.30 and then maybe 7 on a weekend. Head to the lake and we're normally here by about 7.30, a little bit of stretching and warming up depending on how you feel maybe I ski first or fourth but um crank out a slam set maybe go for a jump or a trick next and then go for the third event last set of the day and if I'm really feel if I'm really feeling it I probably end up going for a fourth set depending on tournaments like if I've got some tournaments coming up I might go a little bit easier if I've not that's normally when I go out for that extra trick set where I try and learn some new tricks and do something crazy We'll go to tricks in a, in a little bit because obviously you've been one of the uh, the main uh, 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 proponents of uh, putting your performances out there and practice out uh, on on social media with Instagram and all of that stuff. You do a little bit of TikTok on occasion, you know. So, be, but you've been rather selective in the in the tournaments you've participated in uh, this season. Was that is that a little bit due to injury or 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 do you, you just want to try and save a little bit of yourself for tournaments such as the world? So this year I planned on skiing every tournament and then uh, like midway through the season, early mid-season, I took that jump crash and I didn't want to rush to come back. I wanted to take my time. I'm not good at losing, so I know I would have gone to the tournaments trying to win and probably gone out of my comfort zone to try and do that. So the safe bet, bearing in mind it's a world's year, was forget about all the tournaments focus on worlds and then after worlds i'll carry on skiing all the pro tournaments but i had to get myself back to 100 percent health before i started trying to do crazy things all right so you've been an overall skier uh i mean i mean obviously obviously your your, your tricking is is the stuff that uh, that's kind of made you a little bit you know online you know with the instagram as i mentioned just a little bit i mean what I mean, picking out of the three, what what ones you know give you the most satisfaction? A, a huge jump into two thirty, a trick uh, a trick pass, you know, like eleven and a half thousand, or or running two thirds of the way down forty one off. I honestly can't choose. I mean, they're all different in their own ways. When you have a huge jump, you feel like Superman. You feel pretty invincible when you get a big jump, and that's something that can't really be beaten. But then going out on a trick ski and inventing a new trick is not something everyone really gets to do. So I, I really enjoy that side of it because it's, it's kind of like pushing your level a little bit higher. As much as I may not trick as many points all the time, I like to think that over the next few years, that level will be pushed to an, a new height where everyone will have to start doing these tricks. And slalom, I mean... For anyone that knows what it's like to run 41, it's incredible. That joy, it stays in your face for days. And I've been lucky enough to run 41 a couple times. And that's, again, a feeling that can't really be beat. They're all different in their own ways. And I think that's what keeps me in the game for every event. 
What's it like to be to to be someone who in who in I mean, obviously given a little bit of an answer, but I mean to invent a trick and then have maybe one, possibly two other people that could that that could potentially do that trick. That must must give you a little bit of an of an advantage, or or do you just invent the trick, practice it a few times, you know? Don't put it into the run so much right off the bat because it's a high risk, a 900-point trick, you know. Well, give us an idea of what that process is like, you know, from thinking, okay, what if, what if I do make this extra half turn and what if I put it over the line type deal? Yeah, I've, I've never tricked for points. It's always been for pushing the limit and for joy and fun. Um... Inventing a new trick is quite a special thing because there's only so many left. So the hard part is really trying to figure out what trick that's going to be. And then once I find that trick, I pretty much focus all my time to that trick, crash as many times as I need to crash, which I think the disadvantage of inventing a trick is you have no idea how to do it. You have to fully make that up. There's no path led before you, whereas if a trick's already been done, you can kind of just copy what they did and it's a little bit easier. You can skip a few steps. You don't need to take any crashes. Unnecessary crashes, you're going to take a lot of crashes still, but maybe not as many. So um, I can't tell you where these tricks come from. It's normally in the moment. I try something and go, oh, I think I could maybe go over the line or I could add an extra 180 or just put my own little spin onto a trick that kind of already exists but it's how to get that ski over the line that's the thing because one of the tricks that i see that i see you perform one of the newer tricks was uh is basically a backward start in front flip and getting that getting that trick all the way and then getting that trick over the line it's a uh you you're, you're better off better describing that trick than me yep so it's called uh i call it a matrix it's basically a front flip 540 over the line you start backwards you land forwards sounds a little confusing but once you figure it out it's not insanely confusing still a little bit confusing um yeah coming to that trick i learned the back flip 540 over the line mm -hmm. and that front flip 540 is a fairly similar line tension trick for me at least and i've done the front flip 540 a lot so it was kind of like well I've done the 540, let's try go over the line. I think I tried three when I really early in the year when I just learned that Super Moog 5 over the line. I tried three, I crashed pretty hard every time, waited a few months, tried three more, got over the line. Tournaments were coming up, so I put it on hold, skied a tournament, and then really attacked it. And I think it took me about 47 attempts. <laughs> counted every single one because every single one of them hurt more than the last ouch and uh yeah it was just kind of knuckling down knowing you're going to crash but you don't stop you just keep going through the crashes and eventually you get there and the more successful ones you put online uh you're on instagram you're on tiktok uh, what else are you on I facebook know. i think I I'm, I'm mainly just on instagram i mean i've got a tiktok account but i don't really use it too much um I mainly instagram it's, it's hard pushing out content every day so I just stick to the one, get Instagram right. I think I've got a Facebook account. I should probably do a YouTube, really. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, a collection of flips and that kind of stuff. I mean, because the stuff that I see that you put out on, on Instagram, you know, 
I mean, you've got the drone shot that's behind you. I mean, that, that, I mean, for, for anyone that's learning just how to do a basic flip, I mean, that, that is like gold, you know, because, may, mean, mean, I'm, I'm drawing upon my past when I tried to learn, learn flips and stuff like that, you know, and, and I couldn't, couldn't get, get the first, first part of the rotation and the air, you know, in my head. But being able to, I, I kind of wish that I had, something something or someone like you to watch you know because i'm sure that if if i'd had said okay he does this he does a little bit of that you know he that's that's how he gets the height and the lift off the top of the wake and i mean and i mean i don't know if i if i speak for a lot of other people but i mean what you put out there is definitely benefiting the whole trick community you know beyond beyond the scope of what you're doing you know yeah i mean the feedback i'm getting mainly from from tricks more than everything because i do a lot of outside the box stuff not 20 second runs just passes of having fun and silly tricks that don't even count for points i've got a lot of feedback specifically on trick and how just going out there and going through the slam course has made somebody want to pick up a trick ski and that is what it's always been about for me it's not been about 20 second trick runs it's been about going out there have it as much fun as you possibly can on that trick ski because you can't have fun on a slalom ski and jump skis like you can on a trick ski. You can try, but it's not the same kind of fun as the freedom you can get on a trick ski of doing kind of anything you can imagine. Um, you have just inspired me, actually. I should open up a YouTube account teaching people how to do a backflip. Yeah. I think that could be a successful hit. People might like that. Yeah, exactly. Have have you have your drone pilot that uh, I, I don't know how often he comes comes round. He comes into town every now and then. Hayden Smith, little yeah. shout out to that guy. He's great. If anybody wants to hit him up. Okay, so uh, so be on the lookout for the Joel Poland uh, YouTube channel and uh, your uh, tutorial on how to uh, how to get past those uh, those hurdles in learning a backflip. So. Uh, I'm glad to have uh, glad to take a little bit of credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> for I'll, that I'll give you some credit for that first video. <laughs> no worries, no worries. So, world championships coming up. Uh, uh, what 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 things are you trying to dial down and uh, trying to uh, to get set up for uh, mentally prepare and physically prepare? I have been in a constant battle of what's everyone else doing. Focus on myself. What's everyone else doing? Focus on myself. I've been so back and forth with it. This last week especially, it's very important that you don't get too carried away in what everyone else is doing. Especially after there's been a bunch of tournaments, you see what everyone's doing and it's a little bit scary. And it's just trusting in that process that everything you're doing is right. You can't do anything more than you can do on the day. You just need to train and work every day for that event. And when you get on the dock, as long as you've followed your process, you've stuck true to it, you've got a pretty good backing there of I followed my plan I followed my process all I can do today is what I can do and that's normally my approach when I go to any tournament on the dock staying calm and just trusting my process and it's been it's worked for me in the past so I, I'm feeling pretty good about this world so there's you know a little bit of butterflies in the stomach but I'm excited you're fortunate uh, from the point of view of being able to ha to have a place to train here at Macarena Ski School because I mean the situation with COVID and the pandemic, everything in the United Kingdom, you know, has made life very very tough for a lot of people uh, in your native homeland to travel and to train and what have you, you know. So, so I mean, speak to that a little bit. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty difficult actually getting back to America, being stuck in England. I didn't have a visa at the time, so I had to go through a couple loopholes to get here. It took me about two months of traveling to get back to America, and uh, luckily I went and got a visa a few months ago, so now I can travel back and forth to America as much as I'd like. Um, to be honest, though, skiing at Matt's is a very big difference to skiing anywhere else in the world, more so with the consistency of the coaching. I find when I'm traveling around a little bit, I'm skiing with different people and different coaches, and it's hard to kind of trust people as much. When I'm skiing with Matt and with Cole, I know that they've got a plan for me, even if I don't understand it. So everything they say, even if it doesn't make sense, I can really trust it because I know it's worked in the past. I know it's going to work, but you've got to trust that process. Do you kind of wonder what they've got uh, hidden away in their little in their little uh, coaching backpack that they've yet to uh, to thrust upon you? I've stopped trying to guess what they're going to do. They uh, they tend to know what they're doing, so I just focus on what I'm doing, what they tell me, and they have that plan for me. So all I have to do is just kind of follow their lead and follow their plan, because they're much better at planning than I am. <laughs> All right, then. Okay, we'll round off the podcast here. Certainly, thank you very much uh, for being a participant. Now, I normally give uh, this opportunity uh, to to say thanks and give a shout-out to to their favorite folks. So, away you go. Big shout-out to my family back home. I've not seen them since January. So, I love you guys, and I hope to see you soon. And a big shout-out to my ski sponsor, Radar. They've been setting me up this year with the best equipment and uh, helping me get close to that world championships so thank you radar all right then you've been listening to joel poland my name is tony lightfoot and uh, this has been the latest uh, episode of the twbc podcast but until next time it is ciao for now thank you for listening to the twbc podcast be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.